0: What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode forty-nine of the Overview. I'm Chan Man D, and joining me today is Fish Sticks. Back as always. What's up, buddy? Hey, hey.
1: We've uh, we've got Jason back. I'm so excited. Yes. yes, Jason's back.
0: Back from vacation in the exotic lands of Thailand. He's already
1: trolling us before the show even started. So <laughs> it's gonna be a good one. No
0: I, proof. How you doing, buddy? You That's you fake re- news. Fake news. Yeah, we're used to fake news here, man. Fake news is real news here, man. <laughs> so how was vacation? Good. Yep. That's it. <laughs> I, I Come mean,
2: on, dude. you went I keep to, my like... private like, private. Okay. Oh okay, okay. Went to Thailand, had fun. Okay. Tend a story. How long did you go? No massages. No massages. No
0: massages. How, <laughs> how long you fish, go?
2: My feet eaten by fish though. That was uh, that was very scary.
0: Oh yeah yeah yeah. That is weird. It they is, do that is, here is though a... too. Yeah. That whole but ped, pedicures or whatever.
2: Yeah. And I also did the, um, the ice cream thing that everyone always sees on the internet where they like spread it out on this like frozen surface. and they like, rolled up into these little oh, rolls. Yeah. Yeah. Did that it was amazing. I actually loved it.
0: Oh, okay. Cool. Life experiences, man. So it's all about, well, we've got Jake returning from last week since, since you were so good last week, we just had to bring you on again. And uh, particularly because there was this huge news that just happened that you hinted at last week. Indeed. Yeah, so
3: couldn't drop anything official.
0: Yeah. Well, welcome back to the show man. It's going to be great to talk to you about lots of big stuff here with the PTRs and patches. All right. Well, anyways, let's uh <laughs> let's hop into the the uh I guess what we're going to be doing this week. Uh again, the latest patch kind of rolled out with the whole bastion nerfs. So, we can talk a little bit about that, actually in production. Then PTR has a lot of changes. New character, a new hero, Orisa, is, is out and about in, in the PTR as well as the latest patch that was announced last night with some big changes to some folks like Winston Zen and Ana. So we'll dive into that. Uh, some news particularly with with Hammer and LG, uh, as well as some more details with Blizzard and some of the teams or what they're asked what they're looking for in terms of the Overwatch League. Uh, and as well as some other leagues that are starting up. Carbon Series, uh, Jake can give us a lowdown on that. And then Apex, of course, is uh, getting into the nitty-gritty. We have have our first semifinalist determined already, so we'll we'll talk about all those matches that have been going on. All right, let's start off with the latest production patch. I have to actually clarify if I, if I, uh, these these patches, because there are so many. So uh, we're talking about the one that... Uh, Fixed Bastion's brokenness, I guess you could say, which was um, reducing the damage reduction to twenty percent, and then setting the the max total damage pr- reduction, even with any kind of abilities or ultimates from other um, heroes, to be fifty percent. Uh, so, any thoughts on the the patch so far? I mean, there were some other little things too, but that was the big one.
1: I mean, it's basically the Bastion anti buff <laughs> patch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Everyone had the the pleasure of playing with Bastion in this incredible state for their placement <laughs> matches, and then the week after placements, they they revert Bastion uh, back to a more reasonable state. And this is uh, incredibly obvious. Everyone kind of knew this was coming. I think even on the show, I, I don't remember if we said this on the show for if it was in private. I can't remember, but. I think we were definitely saying, like, yeah, it's going to be, like, a couple days until Bastion gets patched. Like, <laughs> okay. this is definitely not going to, like, continue. And uh, everyone was right. So uh, from 35% extra damage mitigation in tank mode or sentry mode, it's down to 20%. Um, I guess the more the interesting question for me, and I, I'd pose this to Jake uh, and I guess Jason. Whatever.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Is Ouch.
1: is Bastion still? I mean, he's obviously still quite buffed up from before this season. Now that he's been kind of adjusted a little bit, is
3: Bastion still like a viable pick uh, at a high level? No, um, no. I mean, no. All right. Like there were places that even like pre-buff where Bastion like like post you know the beta nerfs where people were running Bastion right? people were running it on like. Nobani sometimes sometimes there's like some weird hollywood strats where you'd like holding cafe with a bastion so there's like places that just by the way bastion works he's like always going to be viable um but i actually think it's interesting that he's a lot easier to play around now like like the big problem before was just that with that incredible resistance into our mode especially when you stack it with a nano you just get to these these like you know busted combos where you just can't kill the nano bastion unless you can like it's CC ridiculous. him for 10 seconds yeah. it was just broken like you know and that, that was the reason people could run Bastion because it was so incredibly powerful like if you can't like CC the Bastion you lose the fight for one ultimate and it's just a cheap nano boost like you know it's like you don't even need a tank mode it's like a tank honestly is probably worse than just sitting in the turret on the <laughs> yeah, that's true. like it's um but but now I, I don't know I, I honestly am interested to see I think he'll be picked even less now because I think two crucial changes one of which is that he can't hit headshots anymore um, in Sentry mode, uh, and the other one being that the spread starts at its maximum value, it makes a character like Farah really, really powerful against Bastion. Because if you're just at a long enough range as Farah, you just will never die to the Bastion. Like you yeah. easily will be out healed. You don't even need a Mercy. Just an Ana can you know shoot you every once in a while. Honestly, a Zen orb would probably be enough. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I, you know, the, there's characters that are always they're going to be really good at doing Bastion because he just can't respond at the ultra long ranges. Uh, he just has no answers. Um, except getting under recon mode, and then you just have a kind of a crappy soldier seventy six. So I think the nerfs are. I think the nerfs was, were well done, especially the nerf that no, you know, character in the game for any reason can get above fifty percent damage resist. I'm glad they put that in. Yeah, it, it, you don't need shit in the game that lets characters have like two thousand effective HP. You know, without just like any ultimates or anything, right? Like, yeah. you know, it's one thing for like a Winston to get nano boosted and be unkillable, but like in his ult form or something. But you know, when a character like like Bastion is unkillable, that's that's a much bigger issue. Um, yeah. So I think the nerfs were well placed, and I honestly just don't think he's gonna be a problem anymore. Just a niche pick to hold last. All right,
1: Jason, what do you think? I, I did have a situation. Oh. I was playing ranked uh, okay. the other night, <laughs> and I did have one situation where there's Bastion set up. You okay there, Jason? <laughs> and uh, he got the Bastion was in Sentry mode, and the Anna had healing nated uh, uh the, the his friendly bastion I was just focusing heals and I think there's a mercy healing them too. Mm-hmm. There is still a situation where you cannot kill that bastion unless there's like several people on your team killing uh shooting at him. Because I was playing Farah, hit like five direct rockets and his health never went down like below two thirds. But I don't know, Jason, what are you seeing on the EU server? Any bastion in your in your rank?
2: Nope. <laughs> no. actually nope. I uh, that only bastion I saw was me playing it like today because I was told to play it. Um, I don't, I'm going to say, I'm going to be like that guy and be like, all right, you know, the Bastion, they, they hot fixed him, they fixed him, whatever you want to call it. But the fact that he was even put in the game in his current form, like, does that mean Blizzard's finally going to start paying attention to what they put on the PTR and what actually makes it to live?
0: Well, the thing about the PTR is, we all know that the PTR is like the staging, um, the sta the staging area where they they put the the build there while they're waiting for approval from the consoles and, and things like that. I mean, there is some part of the PTR where they I, I think they are looking at data, which might be, you know, maybe the first week before they can uh, before there's a cutoff where they can't make any changes anymore. So I mean, they they do some. It's just. It's not long enough, clearly, right? Because um, this passion change—I mean, it was pretty clear it was not going to be received well as—and it would break, you know, what what we were talking about as a re- that was a really great meta at the time. So I don't know how they decided to do that, and they just release it. it. It's almost like they're just going to release stuff in production, which you know, it, it kind of sucks for the competitive, uh, you know, Overwatch. You know, when this kind of happens, especially mid tournament. But it's actually not that bad as long as they're able to, you know, revert these things very very quickly. You know, I, you know, so I don't know, PTR, I don't know is there even a, is it necessary? Would you guys do you guys actually still want to see it? Because if we do if you do want to see it, we have to get people on the PTR.
2: Yeah, I think there's one kind of the people problem. on it. Are there? I think, really? I, don't I think so. so.
3: The PTR is never going to be like a meaningful way to understand balance because it's never going to be
0: like, what I mean, it's like
3: it's not. I mean, like the problem is you just can't. You can't actually recreate like like a, a competitive, like a high level competitive environment with ten thousand people. Like, you know, it's just not. It's not going to happen. Even if the PTR is like biased for high level players, like you're probably more likely to play on the PTR if you're, uh, um, like you're more invested in the game. You spend more time in it. You're more interested in the upcoming patch. You want to prep for it. Man. So it's probably biased towards like the slightly higher um, um, skill ranges. But even then it's not, it's just like not, there's no way to actually tell what's good and what's bad until you play with like an actual team. I mean, ranked is just one thing, but I just see ranked as like a, a minor part of the game. It's just like sure. a way to practice. Like in terms of how actual teams are going to use things, there's literally just no way to know. Even if teams are scrimming on the PTR, you won't really be able to get a sense of like what the new meta is going to be until actually people are getting their teeth into it and playing it in tournaments and
2: everything.
0: Yeah, I mean, balance, you, you can't measure balance, but bug fixing, you know, if there's something well, that's just broken, we could do that.
2: I think you can measure balance, like really? the fact that you don't even need to be playing at the highest level to be able to abuse the changes to Bastion shows that there wasn't much okay, like enough. thought into going into like is it balanced coming in live. Um, and I think back to like League of Legends, and I, I, again I haven't paid attention to the game in a year, but at least in the time frame that I was casted and actively involved in it, there was only one hero ever released, or like one major, maybe two major patches that broke the game and like one was Vayne coming into the game and one was black cleaver being <laughs> yeah. completely or not having unique passive meaning you can stack armor debuffs on people um constantly from multiple sources. I feel like like I don't know I, I feel like I'm seeing too negative, but like there's in theory like changes you can do or a changes that you're gonna implement that you can see are going to be too strong or too powerful. And I feel like maybe that should have been one. Luckily for them and luckily for all of us they changed it quickly like they, they fixed after a couple days so it's not really in the end that big of a deal but when you have tournaments going on like apex and stuff like that could drastically affect it luckily for apex they're running on you know a previous it, it, patch but yeah, like thankfully. other tournaments you don't have that luxury right so it can be very detrimental to i guess the competitive scene which is something that they are really sort of push for because they started release or some information's been leaked about um the overwatch League.
0: so you're, so you're saying that internal testing should be better
2: I, I, I know for uh, Riot standards, like they have like high level players, like not obviously the pros, not the uh, the challenger, but like Jat who is an ex-pro player, Kobe ex-pro player, like people who actually played at a really high level internally play the game and test all these mechanics. So like, if you had Jake there at Blizzard headquarters, you're know, working for them playing Bastion, he probably <laughs> would destroy everyone. And then they would be like, oh, okay, so if a high level player could do this with Bastion, maybe we need to take a look at it. I don't, Obviously, know who's in the internal testing team for Blizzard. So, you know, no, no offense to any of them, but there are signs you can see. I think I I feel like, well, the Blizzard's credit.
0: Go ahead.
2: Their
1: their principal uh, character design and balance guys are in the biggest competitive Overwatch uh, Discord server, and if you're a pro in there, there's no excuse, uh, really, uh, for not giving your feedback, and Slasher really harped on this as one of the guys who runs that Discord uh, last week. When this patch came out, he's like, look, guys, I talked to Zan, The principal character balance design, uh, the, the guy who's like leading this, one of the top executives and designers of this game, is in that Discord asking for your feedback, and only two pros, apparently, in the course of that wow. entire last PTR actually reached out and gave any input at all. So to Blizzard's credit, they are positioning themselves in a way that the pros community should be able to give input. Uh, They have put those feelers out there and said that they want to get that input. Uh, I do agree with you on one hand, Jason, but also on the other hand, they did revert it pretty quickly. And I I have a a prediction that uh, this PTR, the the most recent changes, which we're going to start talking about in just a (laughs) second here. uh, I have a prediction that we're not going to see these, all of these changes go through. Uh, I think this is going to be a turning point for the PTR.
3: Yeah, I, I, I really, I really hope that you're right in that sense. I mean, I think some things like the Bastion changes to me were like, that to me was like evidence that Blizzard doesn't have good players, like testing their games, yeah. or that it the was... developers aren't actually like under, they're not like actually good at the game. They don't really understand how it works. Because when you put a da- a percentage damage resistance, I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like every like pro player looked at those patches and was like, what? Like 25% spread reduction on the on 25% reduction is massive on the recon mode, so it's a huge buff to recon mode. There's a bunch of like mechanical buffs, like you can heal through damage and while moving, that are just sort of intangibles. I don't blame them for not being able to like predict the outcome of stuff like that because it's you know it's kind of hard to tell. It's it's you know, uh, but but when you take a character and you give him a percent damage resistance, if you understand how the game works, you should realize that that means that all healing is more efficient and all damage is less efficient. So, given that healing is incredibly cheap in Overwatch compared to any other game with healing, um, like TF2 or something, it's so easy to heal people to full. Like, if you stop shooting someone for like one second, they're going to be back to full again um, with Ana in the game. And, yeah. and, and so, when you put like a, if you're a character that's just inherently better at receiving heals and harder to kill, that can also heal himself, and there's things like bound, you know, there's just so many things stacked up to make adding percent damage resistance a really bad mechanic to add. On top of not realizing that it would like combo with Nano Boost, despite the fact that every team has been running an Ana like ninety five percent of the time for months, like you know, like you don't think about the ways that people would combo Nano Boost. Like every patch, for like since Ana came out, has been like, how do we make Ana the most busted?
0: I mean, it 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 was
3: Beyblade, it was Soldier Aimbot, right? It took like like thirty minutes.
0: It took like thirty minutes for somebody to come out with you know a GIF that had some ridiculous you know, it's scenario with the Bastion, right? Yeah, like I think you can
3: survive, like, ultimates Hunzo, just, yeah. just healing yourself. You can survive a spirit dragon, you can survive a Deadeye with a nano. It's like, there's all these things that, like, it's just clearly shouldn't be in the game. And, like, I, I don't even think you need to be that good. I think that it was funny because there's just, like, random people on Reddit weren't, like, you know, high-skilled players. are just like, this is silly. Like, you could do dumb things with this, you know? like And just, just like, how obvious that was with the percent damage resistance. I don't know. I, that was really surprising to me. But just I think it also... Like, yeah, last the as well. Felt-
2: like, People who were 3,000 SR last season were sitting there at 4.2K with 40 hours on D.Va. The next most played hero they had was like Anna because they were abusing the fact that she was re- st- stupidly overpowered.
0: Yeah. Plus so I, I was going to wait for this email, but, you know, because we usually have a Q&A section, but this email has uh, like a, a lot to do with what we're talking about here with damage resistance. So I'll bring it up. Nick, Nick D actually had a question for us. Um, he asked, What do you think about Blizzard adding features that disguise and distort perceived health pools? like Bastion's ironclad damage reduction. With changes like these, 75 health is not really 75 health anymore. We had armor, but this is an un- this is an unnecessary further complication. Um, another effect is that heal on Bastion is increased, like you said. Healing to 75 health on a tiered Bastion is as fast as on normal Bastion but gives more durability in comparison. This distorts how players perceive health and could be- could have been mitigated by his health value just changing. Do you agree that this is a bad thing? And I- I think, Jake, you were saying it is a bad thing, but, you know, I I guess on top of that, it's just, like, what would you rather do to Bastion? Just give him health or actually give him armor again and have those separated? You know, just, like, half of this health pool is armor and the other half is health.
3: I don't know. I don't like the idea of changing his HP as he goes into Sentry form, because, like, I don't know how you would do that. Do you lose the HP when you go out of Sentry form? Does mm-hmm. it, like, regenerate if you rapidly go into and out of turret form? Is that, like, I mean, I don't, there, there would be, like, weird mechanics you'd have to sort out if you're going to do, like, a, a health value just changing based on abilities, which is previously was only existed in the game in, like, a few ultimates, like Torbjorn and and Winston, Winston. and they were really consistent. It's like, you know, Winston, you heal to 1,000 HP. Unless you're biornated, you heal to 500 HP. Um, Torbjorn you just get like I don't know how many armor but a lot you get like 400 armor or something it's like it's just like a consistent value and you just get it at the start and like that's it like that that's the only thing but with Bastion's ability that there's no cooldown on like you know you'd have to balance it differently and have to work differently um, it couldn't just like heal you at the every time you
0: did it well it, it doesn't heal you I mean you could easily just do it wh- whatever the the lower end of that is so let's just say I don't know, in turret you know, in turret form, you have 150 at, or I don't know, just 300 at max. And then when you're a century, I'm just throwing out examples. It was like 200. Well, which, whichever you switch, you're just always going to switch to the lower one. So we, whenever you switch to the one that has a higher uh, hit point pool, you, you don't go back up to full health. You just go 200, you know, whatever. You based.
3: I'd like to see a change. Like I think a way you can make the change work would be like uh, in recon mode. All of his HP is just standard HP. And then when you go into turret or tank, it all becomes armor, or like like you know eighty percent of it becomes armor or something, um, which because okay. is it's much more efficient than real HP, yeah. Um, because of the damage reduction and stuff. I mean, like there's ways you can make it work, I think. Um, but I think ultimately it's just a. I don't. This is like a broad philosophical thing, but I just think the Blizzard's approach to balancing is really weird. Like for a long time, I thought that mostly what they were doing was trying to make the game fun for people of, like all skill levels and trying to have like incorporating how fun it is to play for like everyone. And the thing is, the only groups of people that could really deal with bastion were really coordinated high skill players like the way you deal with bastion even when he was like really overpowered was having really really great coordination and everyone working together to focus them down at the same time you know when you buy on it, it's when you have four seconds to kill the bastion while he can't heal and like if you don't take advantage of that then he heals to full and you die so it's like you know that, that's something that the, for for the vast majority of the player base, it is not possible to like really get the whole team to focus something for four seconds. Like it's just it's not really going to happen in that kind of time frame. People aren't going to hit enough shots, um, and the bastion just has to hold right click. So I thought that was a change that was like really disproportionately. I mean, it was bad for like the pro scene because people could still abuse it at a high level, but it exponentially worse the lower your skill level is because it doesn't take any skill to like get healed on bastion. Yeah. And it takes a lot of skill to like burst a bastion through that much resistance. So it's a change that like made the game. I think worse for everyone but but far had a far bigger negative impact on on like you know newer players or or relatively lower skill players and, who have trouble with things like
0: that and getting back to the question itself i mean i think it is harder to understand now too and you almost have to do math you know all this damage reduction and how much damage each of the characters do and the fire rates and things like you have to figure out you know in in some complex way like what it what it really takes or what the power level your character is against Bastion and that's definitely not very good for for casual players right we do want it a little bit simpler than that i think armor was probably the limits of which you know you could complicate it because it was it was just a separate kind of pool of of health but having it just be global it, it is much much harder so i actually think this this email, this um question or this ask, um this email is is really valid i think they should think about that like having a global Global reduction like that it is not necessarily great for the game.
2: What's kind of funny? Go ahead, Ben. I, I I don't really have too much to say other
1: than I, I don't think this is a big issue on a personal level. I, I like having different types of health pools, like armor, uh, and and the, the obvious like the, the main reason for that is because it means that different characters have different ways of interacting with that. Like tracers, spam is going to do less. To armor because of its properties so i don't know i don't I don't see it as a problem yes it can be a little confusing but i think yeah, even newer players will understand after a couple hours
2: i all. find it kind of funny though that like okay I, I could be wrong but i'm pretty i feel like i'm really right on this one that it was said that they were trying to find a way to make bastion not so strong at the lower levels and more viable at the high levels and then they just made it really <laughs> really everywhere. really strong at levels, every level and- too they, strong in the at my levels. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but. Oh, God. I had, a th- I had a thought and it just disappeared. <laughs> I literally just had a thought and it disappeared. Unlucky. Okay. we will skip over that for now. <laughs> I mean, I, I think. Oh, it's... oh I remembered. I just thought it funny that they buff Bastion right after. Well, right after or in the segue between nerfing triple quad tank setups to going to dive comps now, where Bastion's completely useless. Like against proper teams which is like we'll get into a little bit later on with obviously the patch changes or the new right. the new PTR changes but I just thought it was funny like if they did this Bastion change a little bit ago maybe like a month or two maybe a triple quad tank would have been a little bit difficult, or difficult to pull off but
3: I think old Diva would have dealt with Bastion pretty efficiently because <clears throat> you can hook him out of third <laughs> form because the fact that hooking him takes him out of third form means that you can just burst him because he loses the resistance so I still think I don't even think he would have dealt with it. I don't even think even the most OP Bastion would have really dealt with Quad Tank, but just because it was really because Diva was so busted on top of Ana being busted. I mean, both characters are still good.
2: A
0: D word.
2: <laughs> I hate I hate Diva the Passion. Sorry.
3: Yeah, kind of an anti fun hero, but also a fun hero.
0: <laughs> anti fun, but fun. It's only fun when you're playing it. It Sucks to play yeah, against did, it, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, it, right? why don't we uh, move, why don't we move on to the PTR? And the big news of the PTR, at least initially, <laughs> when the PTR first came out, was our new hero, Arisa. Uh, and she's the new tank hero that we were all trying to guess at. And sure enough, she is a tank. She is a, an Omnic or a, a robot that, um, you know, uh, it's Effie, right? Effie programmed. So I think a lot of people that were guessing that were actually correct. Um, but... A lot of her abilities were revealed, and kind of want to see what you guys think of yeah, just just the uh, hero itself. Have you guys guys got a chance to play it on the PTR at all? Or I mean, there's a, there's yeah. a lot of six six v six or ar- Arizas when I was playing it, so it's hard to to judge how good she was. But I think it's better now.
3: I like the character, although I think the really impactful change is that the Zen. The Zen I mean, Zen is amazing against that hero, right? Because she is like a big old farm for Zen. but the fact I mean, I think that the Zen change is reflective of some really, really bad things, but it's also going to I think make Arisa a very weak hero if the Zen change goes live, Crucially the one that lets you discord people through shields.
0: okay. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll show the the patch in a second, but I just kind of want to see what your thoughts are on just Arisa first and her t- you know tool set and everything.
1: Yeah, well, the idea behind this character is to create another tank that is at least somewhat somewhat more similar to Reinhardt. I mean, if you look at every tank in this game, uh, Reinhardt is the only one that doesn't have a ton of damage output. Uh, and really the primary function of, of the character is just to shield and create mobility and utility for the rest of the team. So that's the whole idea bet- behind Arisa is that they're trying to create another character that can be a core tank to facilitate your team moving through choke points, you know, going attacking, uh, got an ultimate that really is interesting, in my opinion, and affects everyone else on the team. Uh, so that's the general idea here. question is, have they actually achieved that? Is this actually something that could replace a Reinhardt? Uh, or if you're not doing a dive comp, are you gonna still, is, is Reinhardt still going to be a must-pick? Uh, Jason, I know you had a chance to play uh, and have some thoughts
2: about that. I don't know. Sadly, I only got to play when it was... Six v six, Orissa's because you couldn't ever click it quick enough. Um, I don't know. She okay. It's just me. Her big selling point is that she can like force a fight every was it six to eight seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, with her her right click halt is what it's called.
0: We should just go through the abilities. Like her her right click sends like an orb out that's kind of symmetra like, but um, the orb pulls people into like it is a vacuum. Yeah, it's like a vacuum you that pulls. Play to Dota. Them. Yeah, it's like a vacuum. So, as the orb's going, it kind of, vac- you know, pulls them in and then it explodes at the end, I believe. And then there's like a big vacuum, like a really short one that happens at the end. Um and then the the left click is her machine gun, which is I don't know, how would you describe it? So, it's like it's like plasma. bunny blaster versus it's, it's, just it's plasma. Just plasma. Okay. Just a plasma yeah. gun. It's literally just plasma for break. Oh, That's true. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so Plasma Gun from, from Quake. That's a good um, description. And then her E is uh, just a big armor boost, you know, just like a sudden big old, she gets a bunch of hit points. Her
2: ultimate. Also, no, no, be, you don't She can't
3: help. be shattered. She can't be. Yeah, she can't, she gets, that's right. She gets she a 50% damage resist for the yeah. whatever four second duration, but she also can't be stunned or CC'd. I don't know if she can yeah, be hooked, but she can't be shattered. She can't be flashbanged. Can't be charged. Um, it can't be pinned. You just the right just hits her and falls down. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's a it's like a, a cleanse, like a four second self cleanse um, from CC. I don't know how the hook interacts with it because I haven't tested that specifically. But oh, basically, into that too. Just I can't think. Be CC'd. Yeah, I think I I would assume she can't be hooked either. Yeah, uh, I assume she can't be slept. I don't actually know about the sleep though, in particular.
0: Um, okay, and then her ultimate is this. Um, she she throws out. She kind of throws out something like a May throws out. You know, just like a little little floating thing, and then it ends up turning into this. I don't even know how you describe supercharger. it. Supercharger. <laughs> yeah, Did it's like a, a, it, it lands them. on the ground. Yeah, it's like a supercharger that has these lightning bolts that you know it's an actual structure on the ground that actually has uh these shock these electricity that's kinda of running through it and, and it damage boosts everything. Like a round mercy it.
2: beams. Basically, can you, heal,
0: out
3: you can. Can you toggle? Right? Then they add that. You can go. You can decide can you? if you want it to be a healer or oh, a damage thing. Someone I didn't know that. They did. I could be yeah. wrong about that. I don't know. Someone to set. No,
2: that there's thing. no healing. Just damage. That
3: would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. people it but I guess it's just a damage boost thing. I
2: don't yeah. know if
3: that was what someone wanted to have happen or something that actually was there. Yeah. Um. But basically, yeah, AOE damage boost, really, really long range, but requires line of sight. Um, mm-hmm. Seems good. Yeah. So it that,
0: does that's, toggle that's like so a mercy
2: beam, though. If you're out, if you're in, it's line a site, and you hop out of it's not a site, it stays on you for like a second or two, so you can kind of dance that line. If you're, oh, E2, I see. one two,
0: 1-2. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So, when is some of her toolkit before we start talking? Yeah.
2: Her right clicker, halt the graviton surge. She can basically throw every. I think it's six seconds or eight seconds. Mm-hmm. I feel like Diva is like gonna completely hard counter that. I mean, the her whole, one of her mechanics is to kind of force an engagement in ways that other tanks can't. And that gets completely mitigated by a diva. Um, the upside of what she have though, or she has though, is a shield, and oh, okay. you can. I remember I, the way that I remember seeing someone red describe, describe way that they used it was you throw it into the air. Um, if you if you can like if you want to, if you're more of a, a stationary defense on the defending side, throw it straight up in the air. It comes down, and once it's out of your hands, like once it's actually released into the air, you start the cooldown already, oh. so you can actually have the shields up a lot quicker. Um, like you have hmm. 1800 points that's of shield cool. really quickly cool. if you use it correctly um but i don't know like i, I saw someone in chat one punch bed talked about or uh, orissa winston reinhardt which is shields everywhere and if you cycle the shields you can mitigate a lot of damage that's going to be interesting to see um but i don't know i'm not completely sold on her necessarily like her whole engagement factors counter by a diva she's not really fast she doesn't have a movement uh, a movement ability like a diva fly, Winston jump, or Reinhardt charge. I
0: don't yeah, know. That like,
2: I, I guess awesome. I to, yeah. I have to see how like she works in an actual game, like in actual competitive mode. It just doesn't seem like too strong, which I, I like. I'd rather see a hero come out that's a little bit weak in the beginning and just get tweaked slightly. Unless you pull an Ana again, then that then we're all screwed. But we'll see.
1: I, I honestly think Fortify is going to be a really interesting part of her kit. Uh, it only lasts a couple seconds, but being completely immune to sleeps, being completely immune to anonades, like, all, all these different things. Or, actually, I don't know, does it include ananade? Is it, like, immune to, like, everything? I
0: uh, I had a feeling it was Action impairing to effects? Yeah. So, I mean.
1: so I think she actually has two shields. One is the barrier that she's able to project, and two is her hitbox. I mean, she's got a pretty massive hitbox. Imagine uh, the Orisa going in front of the whole team, fortifying will basically block any incoming uh, uh, CC attacks uh, for the most part. Uh, And I I think it's just going to be interesting. I I don't really remember exactly the cooldown on Fortify, but I can imagine scenarios where you're maybe on two CPs or capture points or whatever. uh, The rest of your team is falling and it's just an Orisa and maybe like an Ana left, uh, but the Orisa just has so much survivability, pops Fortify at the right time. And then suddenly their her barriers off cooldown again and, I could just see just a, you know, excuse my friends, a shit ton of survivability for this character in the long run if you cycle these abilities well. Uh, what about
2: Discord?
0: Exactly. That's where Zen comes in here and just ruins the day. I, I, honestly, I didn't
2: think about it until someone said in chats. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, like Discord. I, I think that you put a big factor of that. She's huge. You Discord her, and if a team is competent, they focus her down. I think it's almost like it's going to be really hard to burst heal her through the amount of damage of... You know five six people shooting her away with a discord orb on her head even that 50 percent reduction gets completely nullified
0: it's yeah. really slow too that, no,
3: that's the one thing that that you can you'll be able to discord her through shields so like she can't defend herself from getting discorded. yeah
0: positioning i feel is like super important with her you know unlike diva where you could just it's super mobile you can move around and had always had the matrix attached to you that shield Sheesh. is really strong but it's immobile it's like you throw it down and it's just there it's like a maywall. you just have to sit there behind it and Position yourself around it. And you know what I hate
2: though. I wish her fortify was like a charge, was like a gallop into the team. Like you build up speed over time to so a certain point, they can keep channeling it as you keep going, because then you can actually get in their faces, pop a halt down, and then force the fight off of that. But instead, she's mm-hmm. just—I mean, she's a tank, obviously, right?
1: The one thing I do love about the character design, though, is there's a lot of opportunity for synergies uh, with with the halt, the little mini gravitons. It's going to be super hard to get timings like this off, but you could, in theory, imagine a, a tracer throwing a pulse bomb and then, like, oh, the pulse bomb's out, and then, like, you know, your, your tracer's kind of down, 3, two, 1, I'm going to pulse bomb, then as soon as the pulse bomb's out, you try to throw out a halt and try to do, like, little mini Big Bang combos with that. Should be super cool. Uh, I also think that the barrier could have some neat applications. Imagine a McCree gaining high ground, uh, throwing out high noon. It, typically going to be in an incredibly difficult situation uh, and so susceptible to getting killed or, or slept or whatever but you're able to throw a barrier up and that mccree suddenly has a lot of wiggle room to work with so i think that's really the interesting aspect of this character is going to be how she synergizes with the rest of the cast and uh and you're totally right i mean this is a character that doesn't have mobility so it's going to be very very positioning oriented as well which uh you know I like characters with the mobility, just on a personal level. But it is adding just another aspect to the game that I don't think we have right now.
3: Should I just don't cool. think you're going to see tanks with the changes they're pushing to live. I don't think we're yeah. playing tanks anymore. I mean, maybe Winston because Winston's buffed again. <laughs> yeah, let's cool. go ahead
0: and talk about that. Let me bring yeah. let me bring up this good time to transition now. here. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk uh, about uh, Ribana. This. I guess it's, it's time for Ribana to go.
3: The, the era of Zen Omni Crisis begins again.
0: Yeah, the Omnicrosis begins again. That's okay, so we're is. talking... Okay, so the first uh, patch that they... Or the first change that they're talking about is Ana. And uh, her bio, her biotic rifle damage decreases from 80 to 60. Uh, and then her biotic grenade damage is reduced from 60 to 30. And then her healings actually reduce from 100 to 50. So double nerf on the grenade. Uh, thank God they didn't change her rifle, though. I was, I was really afraid they were going to change her rifle. And that would affect... A for healing, them, you mean yeah for healing for they would affect dive comp and everything right now i believe so hey, uh, yeah ben, thoughts on this
2: did, did you also like splurge in your pants when you read the uh, damage decrease from 80 to 60 because no,
1: okay, i'm still really <laughs> confused by this okay so i i do actually like the damage <laughs> reduction on on the biotic rifle yes jason especially playing farah it's like if you're playing Farah from long range, it's actually, Ana's the only character that can actually kill you effectively. And she kills you really effectively. Three shots uh, mm-hmm. will, will kill you. So now it's going to take four shots, which is a huge deal for Pharahs out there. And this makes total sense. She's a support. Supports should not be able to 1v1 uh, diving tracers and genjis as easily as Ana has always been able to. Uh, but this this is this is actually a, an insanely significant nerf because of the biotic grenade changes as well uh Jake you said rip Ana I don't know if it's quite that bad like Ana's still so so good with the amount of healing she can do but this basically nerfs every aspect every other aspect of her kit uh do you think this is going too far
3: I think the reason it's going too far is because they buff Zen at the same time Mm -hmm. I really hate that Blizzard does things like this like why do they like that's this is a really huge nerf to Ana like her ability to burst targets, she can't burst things that she slept anymore. Not really like, like you, you, you need your teammates to burst things, which is like a lot of the time can happen, but a lot of the time you were sleeping a tracer at like, you know, hundred HP and then you could kill her, right? Or you left clicked her and then you slept her and you could kill her really easily. Now that's not the case. Um, just, it's not the case anymore. Like, like it's almost impossible to burst things that you slept without significant team support, um, which isn't a huge nerf, but it matters. Uh, another huge thing is that you can't like, um, you can't fight. You can't defend yourself nearly as well as you used to be able to. The biggest thing was the self heal. Even if you didn't get like the uh, uh, purple onto the, the Genji or whatever that was on you on Ana, you just heal yourself for hundred, and then the Lucio heals you, and you, you're just like incredibly hard to kill, and that's because your, your hitbox is like you know tiny. So there were a bunch of things that made Ana kind of crazy like that, and you know I like that they are trying to address those things, especially the fact that she could just like mm-hmm. be a DPS half the time. If your team isn't hurt, then you just have an extra DPS. Um, who can snipe and is like genuinely a good sniper? You can just like 1v1 McCrees and stuff, um, which I think was a little overpowered. So I like the damage nerf. I don't like that they did the bio grenade at the same time. I really just wish Blizzard would do things slower. Like just nerf the damage and see what happens. Okay, she's still strong, and you nerf her again. She's still strong, you nerf her again. You don't need to like hit her with every nerf at once. And then combined with buffing Zen, I mean, Zen and Ana are heroes that are relatively close substitutes. I was actually posting in the feedback channel about this, but I don't know. I'm, ha- I'm, We'll see how much the feedback channel actually matters. There's a lot of people posting, a lot of really stupid stuff in there. So, you know, I I don't really think they're going to pay that much attention to it, or they really shouldn't. Um, But whatever, it's beside the point. I just think that it's really a big mistake to be buffing one of a substitute pair and and nerfing the other, right? When you buff Zen and you nerf Ana. Because before, people were building comps around Ana. You're running three tanks because you know your Ana can sustain them with heals, and you know Ana's a really good character, so you want to run Ana. Now you want to run a Zen, so you just build a comp around a Zen. Like yeah, people what you mean. looked at the pick rate and they were like, "Wow, Anna's picked ninety five percent of the time, and Zen is picked, you know, fifteen percent of the time. Wow, Anna must be way stronger than Zen." And the fact of the matter is that Anna is only a little bit stronger than Zen, like only you know ten, fifteen, twenty percent stronger than Zen. Um, and but the, but the pro scene is going to see that and they're only going to pick Anna because she's ten, fifteen percent stronger. They're never going to pick the character that's slightly weaker, uh, especially for characters like Anna and Zen that are actually really similar in, in what they let your team do. Um, and then, and then I think I think that they, the fact that they would buff Zen so aggressively, especially with a mechanical change like being able to discord through shields, I think that's a huge mistake yeah, for the game. I, I hate that they balance things by changing how mechanics work. I think that's really unhealthy. Uh, they should change numbers, not mechanics.
0: Yeah, the um, the buff he's talking about with Zen is obviously the the discord. But like, but like, why would you run he's... Ana
3: now? Like, your Ana can't defend herself. Your Ana's going to get discorded, and you can't do anything about it because like, you you just can't. Like, you can Zarya bubble her. That's literally the only thing that stops discord now. Is, is being Zarya bubbled. Yeah. Uh, so you're gonna get your Ana Discorded and then the enemy tracer Genji and Pharah are gonna fly into your Ana and kill her in two seconds because she can't save herself with BioNade and she can't kill the tracer or she can't like respond. So like you're just not gonna run the comp with Ana anymore. Not that Ana is like a terrible character or whatever, and like there's probably situations where the fact that she can like you know snipe people with heels is still really high value and, and is still going to be a really you know powerful character. Nano Boost is also an incredibly powerful ability. But I just feel like you're you don't like why would you build a comp around Ana anymore? When you could just build a comp around Zen, when he was already very, very close to parity, I think with with Anna. Uh, yeah, so to assume,
0: yeah,
1: I'm gonna go back to my prediction. I don't think all of these Anna changes are gonna go through. I, I really really doubt it this time. It seems like a little bit too severe to me.
0: So which one Which one would you drop? Like uh, obviously, Bionic Grenade, I, I think, is the bigger one because the the damage from the rifle, I think, is fair. the The grenade. Would you drop the healing, or you drop the? I mean, the I I'd
1: do exactly what Jake said in, a, in an ideal world. Just start with only nerfing the damage that her, her biotic rifle does, and see if that's enough to balance. I mean, the the other thing I would do is is we've talked about this a jillion times is make it so that the anti heal isn't hundred percent anti heal. The anti heal is like fifty percent, like what they did with the the healing buff. Uh, but you know, for some reason they they are they really love that anti heal ability. So mm. that wasn't touched here.
2: Thing is like Anna was too good on too many different fronts. Like infinite range on her healing, which no one else can match. Um the fact that she could long range kill people, like with her snipe, um, where Lucio obviously has a hard time, Zen has a hard time with projectile speed. Um, the fact that she could 1v1 up close and personal quite often and quite consistently, like she was just too good on on too many different ways. Um, like how many supports out there can you say should be able to like uh, 1v1 someone. Like Zen, yeah, if you have like Forsaken, if you have like a, a Zen specialist, you can 1v1 a Tracer, you can 1v1 a Genji sometime. But having Anna be able to do everything she can do and still be able to kill someone 1v1 and keep herself alive was is just too much. In terms of like both those changes, I mean, it doesn't matter if you reduce the amount of damage your body grenade does, you still have the anti-heal factor, which is like the point of Anna right now. Well not the point of Anna, but is like the big a big selling point of her is the fact that you can stop them from healing for four seconds and it has a pretty big range. So you don't really change the fact of that. I don't feel like I mean you can pretty much have it do no damage and still teams would pick Anna unless you make mm-hmm. these other changes with the
3: I mean I think the big thing is the self heal. Um yeah. the fact that you can like like the the ability to save yourself, like like I think what you guys are saying is like uh, is, is is right in that like Anna was too much of a you know five tool player she could just literally do everything like there's no there's no uh, situation which you want something other than Anna except very very rare compositions um, because she can defend herself she can perform at long range medium range her her ult is good all the time you don't even need combos it's just like a really just like a great great all around character but I don't like that they attacked like multiple different parts of her kit at the same time. I feel like the, the big problem with Ana was honestly just her left-click damage. Like, the fact that she could just DPS DPSs and just, like, you know, win 1v1s. Like, I, I I don't think she should be guaranteed to lose a 1v1. in the way that now it's, like, you need to miss a lot on Genji or something to, to, to lose the 1v1 to an Ana after these changes. I mean, she has to hit you with, like, the Bionade and three left-clicks. It's like, wow, like, you probably aren't that good at Genji if that's happening to you. Or you're really missing and, like, it's you deserve to die. But... I don't I don't think that it needs to be quite like that far but but Jake like, like characters like Zen are already incredibly strong people forget how strong discord is and like how what the potential the characters have in this game like supports in this game are massively stronger than they are in almost any other game like in terms of most games have supports that are basically heal bots and you know maybe they have some utility but this game has like I mean Lucio is incredibly strong you can heal everyone on your team at once or make them all run faster in a game that's about shooting targets. You can make all the targets move faster. That's crazy. Like, that's so yeah. strong. It is go, uh, It is strong, but
0: things. with Ana, like, I'll, I'll pose one question to you. And, um you know, you were talking about just 1v1, but isn't Genji supposed to counter Ana? Like, isn't, I mean, and should, shouldn't Genji's have an advantage over Ana? Where right now, um, I mean, I think they do... You know, like really, really good genjis probably do have a slightly, you know, just a slight advantage over the really good annas. But I feel like no.
2: I'm sorry, you know, no. I, I remember bigger. talking, to, I talked to the Vic. Okay. He, he would never fight Ruji Hong back in. Okay, uh, so it's China, not. It's not because even there's that. There's no way okay. he could win.
0: Yeah. Okay. So it's not even that. So he literally play, play is perfectly. not a counter to. If you Ahan both play at all.
3: perfectly. You should lose unless you have like damage okay. or they. You know, they don't have cooldowns or something.
0: Okay, but so given the given the design of Anna, who has a sleep dart. And the sleep daughter is supposed to be her escapability. That's how I always viewed it, like one when they announced her. Given that she has that, I mean, I feel like the rest of her kit should be vulnerable to just um, you know, just just to counters, like to to people like your your typical counters, the Winstons, the, the Genjis, you know, the Divas being in your face. I mean, right now that's not happening. And that that's been always my biggest concern with Ana is that her survivability is more of the issue than anything else. So it's kind of opposite of what you're saying, which is, which I kind of want to get your opinion on that.
3: I mean, I I think that what what I didn't like about the character was that she had so much offensive capability. I liked that she was hard to kill. I felt like that was like a cool thing to have in a support because you have a support like Lucio that's like super hard to kill just because he has these like crazy (laughs) movement abilities and like can be anywhere. He can like knock you back. Like if you're Genji sorting, it's much easier to kill an Ana than it is to kill Lucio because a good Lucio was gonna. Like, boop you and speed boost, and you're just never going to get another swing. You get no dash resets, your ultimate is gone. Mm-hmm. Like, I think one thing is people look at characters like Ana that are, you know, overpowered because, especially, you know, they're very good at getting kills specifically. Um, and they're not, you know, Zen seems like it's okay for Zen to get kills because he's, he's like kind of a more damage oriented support. Um, so I like that they nerfed Ana's like bio rifle. I just think that. When when you're looking at, at a composition, you're gonna run a Lucio because speed is broken in FPS's, and until Blizzard realizes that, until they make more speed options, people are gonna keep picking Lucio forever, because uh, it's, it's it's you you move fast, you're harder to shoot. It's busted. It's not really that complicated. Um, but you know, and then you're deciding, well, do I want a Zen? Do I want an Ana? Because I don't really need like the AOE healing because I have Lucio. Um, so the question is, do I want like more damage than target fo- focusing abilities, or, or, or do I want like more healing and um, you know, more like tank-focusing abilities. Like, I think Bionate is actually much better and as an anti-tank ability than Discord is. Weirdly enough, Discord, I think, is even better on squishies than, than something like a bionade is. Uh, <laughs> uh, just because of the way the health pools are, are, are playing out. And, like, the fa- like how burst damage works. Like, a, like i.e., Discord, you can just one-shot McCree, or one-shot Tracers as McCree or something. Yeah. Or, yeah. or two-shot Farahs or something. You know, like, a lot more options than you normally would have. Okay. Um, so I just feel like, I, I don't like that they did these changes at the same time, that they are launching a big buff to Zen, especially a mechanical buff that's like impossible to predict how it'll work. Because now it's like, why would you run a Reinhardt? You get your Reinhardt discorded, you can't stop it, and then the Tracer goes and sticks your Rein, he's dead. One shot, no, you have no counterplay. Like, yeah, except don't get it, stuck, it, it's which a is little like bit good luck a, against a good Tracer.
0: It's a little bit of hurting too. You know, like whenever they do, you know, like nerfing of a guy and then buffing the possible counterpart, like everybody's going to go and try you know Zen now even though Anna might not be that bad. I'm mean, just in theory. Like if Anna isn't even that bad because you change it so much, they're all going to go to Zen first and then kind of come back to to Anna instead of maybe gradually working off of Ana. So it it'll, it's generally how the the behavior is in the community. Uh, well why don't we talk about another big one which is the Winston barrier. So the Winston barrier cooldown now starts when the barrier is placed instead of when it ends. Which it's is It's just
1: back to where we were. Yeah. <laughs> What was it? It was like this in, in, I think, open beta. Even I think once I think they nerfed it sometime in the double Winstons. Yeah, yeah. I think they nerfed it in open beta when double Winston was like super popular. Everyone was playing either double Genji, double Winston, double Lucio, or like double Winston, double Genji, double Zed, or double Winston, double Reaper, double Lucio. People were just playing those comps twenty four seven. So they they nerfed it back then, and then since then. Since they kind of made one hero limit, uh, enforced one hero limit, Winston's been on the edge. He's been on the edge. For, like, is he is he viable? Is he strong? Is he medium tier? Uh, right now, he certainly is viable, but really only with dive comps. Like Winston's no, good. I, di- well, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm using hyperbole, but he's good at anti-dive
3: in some situations. Yeah, over, exactly. Over
2: I, think, um, well, I think people just forgot how strong Winston is. Because of when Reaper was in the meta, the whole Beyblade thing, Reaper would just absolutely wreck Winston plus a roadhog as well. Like I played against Winston towards the end of season three and I was just like, holy crap, this guy's impossible to kill because no one's running like shotgun heroes anymore.
1: Oh, and, people um, are still gonna be playing a lot of uh, a lot of hog in this patch, right? If you're mm-hmm. not doing dive.
3: I think there's gonna be a lot of dive. I just feel like to me, I'm you know I'm watching like as playing in this this like most recent meta game, having a lot of fun. Like I think the coolest thing about the most recent meta game was that there was no dominant composition. Like teams were running things that they felt most comfortable on, but like different teams were running different things that they felt more comfortable on. Like there wasn't a composition that you just like okay, look, we need a diva. Like I don't really care what you like playing. We need a diva. This this character's busted. Like Anna was probably the only character like that. Um, in this most recent patch, but even Ana people, some character, some teams are running Zen most of the time, right? Rogues running Zen most of the time. Occasionally they go Ana, uh, but, but actually I saw Mercy of, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair Mercy. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mercy is one of those characters that is just never going to be viable unless Farah is viable because she's just assed here without Farah. Like she's unplayably bad, <laughs> and even with Farah, she's like. Pretty bad. I, I actually just think she's a weak, really, really weak character, and she's never going to be strong unless they fundamentally rework her. Well, I
0: think they, I mean, she might be transitioning into just more of the low level players. You know, like she's a very easy player to under or hero to understand, and that might just be her role, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things.
1: Anyway, as somebody yeah. that adores playing Winston, I love this change. I don't think it's, it's, it's not like insanely huge, it's, it's more on the subtle really? side, but. Will definitely make Winston more viable. Uh, having that barrier up a few seconds earlier
3: saves you in all kinds of
1: situations. I think is it so, not big?
0: I'm, I feel like it's pretty big. Is it not?
3: Well, it, in, in the situation in which your barrier was broken instantly, like if you're jumping into like a Roadhog or something and your barrier dies in two seconds, then it's a very small change. But if you're in a situation where you got to use the barrier for like five seconds, it's like, oh, wow, it's like an impactful change. But I think ultimately it's just going to make the character a little more versatile, a little more, he has yeah. a little bit more cooldowns to play with. But I also think it's on top of the Zen change, and if the Zen change goes live, yeah. then Winston's it's a right. lot weaker because got, the tracer just going to blink inside the bubble, and you're right. going to be discorded. You can't stop it. Um, but it's cool because you're probably running as out of Winston too, so <laughs> it's like who can do it better. Um, oh god! I, I, I just worry saying? that I worry that, that these patches are, are are running the risk of bringing us back to a situation in which there's a clearly dominant composition, and I think it will be dive. Because the fact
2: that you just said that one sense, who can run it better, it just internally pisses me off as a caster. Because that's not what I want to see. Yeah, I I
3: love seeing different styles. I love seeing when we play Immortals. We're like we we know that Immortals is going to be running like a stable control setup because that's literally always what they run. They never run anything else. So when we play against them, we're like we're playing against Immortals style. And there's some teams that are I think have a big advantage, like our team, in that we can pull out lots of different styles. And we're like we were actually running different styles throughout a series, like different compositions, different strategies, just just based on like what we feel like makes the most sense in in the situation. Or if one style isn't working, we switch to another. Um, I think I really love metas like that that have options and and choice for in matches and outside of matches as you practice new strategies. But I'm scared that these patches are going to make Zen comps just better on almost every situation than Ana comps. So you might as well just run Dive. And then it's a situation of who can run it better. And I don't think it's fun to watch. I think it's much more fun to watch and fun to play when teams are running different styles or or at least even the same style, different heroes, right? This team feels like the McCree's better, this team feels like the Genji's better, this team wants a Zarya, this team wants a diva. You know, like little subtleties like that I think make for more interesting counterplay than like which Ryan had the bubble when he pinned the other Ryan right. and like which Bionade hit yeah. the Ryan with the bubble off. Like that, that, it really determines most fights in mirror. So
2: they were a month in melee basically in, in January. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's exactly like, it's like when we when yeah. it's like quad
3: tank. it was literally like, because we, we realized quad tank was busted and that like it was better than everything in any situation and there was no reason not to run it in basically any situation except the occasional may. um, Or like once in a while you run something else, like like one hero flexes. Um, right. We realized it was better than anything else and then we were better in the mirror than anyone else because we had practiced it more than other people. So we won all the games. Like it wasn't because like, like most teams started to realize that quad tank was overpowered and then they started running quad tank, but we, we had played it so much. We could just win the mirror match. Cause we knew how all the little interactions worked. Yeah. And like, I don't think that's a healthy way for the game to be, even though it benefited us.
0: All right. Well, can we um, talk about the Sombra change. Yeah. Yeah. yeah somber change too. Now. Exactly. The Sombra is, this
1: is actually insane. The cooldown for, for the translocator. <laughs> translocator. This is currently on PTR. So it may not go to live. Uh, but the translocator cooldown reduced from 6 seconds to 4 seconds that's a 33% increase in the number of translocators you could have i mean uh, or in the in decreasing the amount of time between translocators and basically it means that like sombra might be unkillable like this like sombra's already a really good sombra that knows how to play around their translocator is already mm-hmm. super difficult to kill uh this could make Sombra actually OP. Like I'm already on the fence, thinking that like Sombra is oh. about to take the world by storm. Um, just because, like, I don't know. I was playing against a really good Sombra and ranked. If if you don't see her coming, she will hack you before you can do anything about it. Like she will. Like the hack range is pretty far. It's it's less than a second. If she has any additional buffs to her mobility, which this is a massive buff to her mobility. She's gonna be so hard to kill, running around hacking packs <laughs> all over the place, never dying. Yes, she doesn't contribute a ton in uh, a huge team fight if she doesn't have her alt. But put I Discord don't know.
0: on this, it.
2: This is huge.
0: Put Discord on somebody. She can do decent damage. <laughs>
2: well, the thing is with Sombra, like not only does it make her more slippery in fights, but also reduces her downtime when it comes to fighting. Yeah. And that was like, oh, is something so frustrating playing Sombra is the fact that you have to wait all right, six seconds, I have to wait here to really sit my health pack because I need to be able to throw it back down again so I can get the healing, get my ult back up. But it makes her just so she can return back to the fight two seconds quicker, which in Overwatch, two seconds is a long time. But even the stealth change they did with the uh, sound effects, the distance change the, is actually pretty big as well. Because the amount of times like you're playing support and you could just hear Sombra, whatever the hell she says, you know, de stealthy, you would know, okay, she's near, we have to, like get a little bit co- more careful, get a little bit closer. But the fact that's now 15 meters, I don't want to know what it was before, but I'm assuming that's a big change. Like in terms of distance, means you can be a lot more stealthy and sneaky.
3: I think it's cool. I mean, ranked aside, I don't think it really changes her core problem in organized games, which is that when the enemy team runs a Sombra, you walk into them and their team is trash because they have five players, <laughs> and if they don't have any MP, you win. Right. Um, which is like, the character is never going to. I mean, the problem with the character, I think, at a fundamental level, is you just punish her so aggressively. Like on some maps, like you know, there's maps like Temple of Anubis where she had like a mega to hack that was like so high utility that it made up for the fact that you have a Sombra on your team. And in like ranked games, it's especially effective because things like, you know, like your Sombra is going to uncloak in the backline and like one clip your Ana. But I mean, when you're Ana is like one of the best Ana's in the world, it's not going to happen. Like she's going to turn around and 1v1 the Sombra and she's going <laughs> to lose every time, even with Ana nerfs I, I still think Ana will be able to 1v1 Sombra. That'll be like the DPS she has no problem with, at least at like a high skill level, um, assuming both players are at the right. same high skill level. So I think the key problem with Sombra is still going to remain the key problem in ranked play or in in, in organized play um, rank. I think she just got better in ranked mode. Cody's probably going to have higher ELO. Um, <laughs> but I, I just think the character is like, I like the character as a niche pick. I don't think she should be like a core power pick. Like I think that's not like that interesting to have like a stealth high mobility hero. That's super annoying to kill that hacks health packs. I don't really want that in every game. It's, it's annoying. It's not fun. Um, yeah. EMP is not fun. It's like, I recognize that it's good for the game in some sense, but I don't want it to be like a standard core pick. And I like that they're not buffing her DPS to prevent her from being that. Um, I think this is a good change. But also it's not as impactful as it seems because most of the time your Translocator is on its 15-second timer and rather than its 6-second cooldown. Um, like It makes her get back into the fight a little quicker. But I don't feel like that was her problem so much. It's that when she's in the fight, she's kind of bad. And all you, you do the same thing you did before, which is you force her to teleport out. And now she's like it's like slightly less of a win by forcing her to teleport out, and it's two seconds less efficient than it was before.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, like you take her out of the fight for slightly less time. But I don't know. It'll, it'll be hard to say without playing it. I think it'll she'll be st- still a niche pick. I don't I think she's, she's gonna be like a like not in like organized play at least. I think in ranked she's probably gonna get really good with this change, especially the stealth change is probably really big in ranked. But if you're communicating, you just like you know the sombra's behind you in rank and in competitive. even if you don't hear her, you're like, look, they have a sombra. I don't it has see to her. Be behind She's either. behind us. Like, wow, <laughs> it's, it's so complicated, you know. So that means your supports are like turning around and waiting for people, and your your teammates are not letting each other get hacked. They're like checking each other's backs and stuff. Right. Um, but in ranked play, it doesn't really happen. So she might be really good.
0: Okay. Well, uh, why don't we wrap up the PTR now? Because we still got some news and some events to talk about. Uh, let's talk about the big news. Kind of big, big reason why we have Jake on here, which is. Hammer Esports now has become or has been acquired by Luminosity Gaming. And you guys are now LG Evil, which, interesting, they chose Evil for you guys. And what was previously the main Luminosity roster is now LG Loyal. So um, how do you feel about that? Or how do you feel just generally about being picked up by Luminosity? I know why they're called Evil. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Would you rather be Evil or Good?
2: No, no, no. They're called they're called evil for a reason because uh, LG got so pissed off from their main roster losing to <laughs> the Hammery Sports that they're like, "Damn it, you guys are so evil!" Like that's probably it's true. why they're you called guys that. have
1: beat that your, your other sister team a lot of times recently.
3: Many and a lot many, of teams many, a lot many of times, times recently.
0: That's <laughs> true. <laughs> that's true. So how do you feel, man? How do you feel about being picked up by Luminosity?
3: It's it's awesome to be part of an organization with like the reach and 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 the brand of Luminosity Gaming and the opportunities that presents to us as professional players. Um, especially from like just the salary perspective, I know a lot of our players can have more freedom now to like uh, actually pursue this game more professionally. Um, I think the cool thing for us, a uh, big part of it is that we're actually able to work with like uh, um, Luminosity, to, like they can get us everything we need. I know like a bunch of our players had like you know I, I know Train was playing on like hundred FPS for I mean as long as we've been playing together. A hundred bad. Uh, well, 100 frames. I mean, he had a 144 hz monitor. It's like if you're playing – if I'm playing a 144 hz monitor, and you can upgrade from 100 frames to 200 frames. That's that's really big. Like, you know, it's just fucking wow.
2: $400. I get, like, wow. 70 <laughs> FPS constant, in all my 60 hz monitors. What am I, I talking oh, about? I mean, uh, it's hard
3: to say cause, like, I got top 500 <laughs> got to upgrade, bro. in, in – I was studying abroad in the Netherlands for Season 1, and I got top 500 on a MacBook Pro with Boot Camp and, like, 45 frames. Uh, so it's like not like it like stops you from being good at the game. It's just the game is like a lot easier to play when you have really high frame rate, um, really high, uh, and, and like 144 hertz. So super got a 144. Everybody who needed one got like CPUs and GPUs. So getting all that stuff just like materially bettering us at the game is is awesome. Um, and then we're all really excited to be behind a brand as big as LG. It's a big opportunity for all of us.
0: Did you
2: get a, bo- you a question?
0: Okay. Go ahead, Jason.
2: You probably I don't. You probably can't talk about it. But what's the length of your guys' contract? That, that should um, be okay to say. What anyway, I can so. tell
3: you is that it's almost certainly not going to matter because when Blizzard comes and says, "Look, all your contracts have to look like this," um, it, it's it's long enough to like go into the timer the Overwatch League is going to start. And
2: well, I'm worried if it, if like people are still signing contracts that extend past the September date, which was already announced, does that now mean? That Luminosity can get major money from buyouts if they don't actually get a spot in the Overwatch League. For instance, like if a team wants to buy out individual players or your team, do they like get, oh, hey, well, all right, pay us a million dollars for our roster <laughs> for the league, even though they're like, they Maybe. don't have a spot in the league. Yeah, I be. think
3: it could work like that. I, I don't think that will be an issue. While well, I can't make specific.
0: I mean, um, it doesn't really involve the no, teams, though. I mean, you're making, I mean, it's not going to affect you, like whether. You get bought out or not, unless teams just don't want to even get bought out by a contract of teams. Yeah, I mean,
3: they want to like keep us in like player limbo. We don't have to like play the game for them if they want to keep paying our salaries. I mean, that would be like annoying for me that I would just be like being paid a bunch of money to like not play Overwatch competitively. I would be like, I would like to play competitively. I don't really think that's in Luminosity's interest to like withhold us. And it's also something that. Like uh, you know, Steve, the owner of the org, is is really not about in general.
2: Hey, I'm um, not saying they'll do it. I'm just like thinking of always like the worst case scenario. Yeah, I did a cutie and fanatic. He basically got held hostage in his contract. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah and I think I think part of it is that um, part of the reason why we as a team are really comfortable with like longer term contracts is that I don't like we're not changing anything. Like I'm not cutting players. I'm not subbing players out. Uh, 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 which is something that, that the org has been totally comfortable giving us control over. Um, So that combined with the fact that blizzard is very likely going to say, look, if your contracts don't look like this, you can't play in the overwatch league, even though they're not going to like buy out every contract, which they've said they're, they're going to basically say, if you want to play in overwatch league, your contracts need to have these things in them. Like, you know, creating that standard for player treatment, whatever that's going to look like. We're going to, I mean, the contracts are going to need to be rewritten and they're going to need to change. Um, so for us, we've, you know, guaranteed ourselves like, you know, some, uh, a significant period of like certainty that will be paid, uh, which is cool, but mostly it's just an understanding that once the Overwatch League comes around, things are going to be, uh, uh, radically changing anyway. So it's not going to be yeah. hugely consequential.
0: So were you guys approached by other, other huge organizations? And mm-hmm. if you were, then why, why Luminosity over them? I think
3: Luminosity, we really liked, uh, uh, I mean, personally, I really like Steve. I feel like he has, like, the right mindset to, uh, uh, you know, as an ex-player, he has the right mindset of, like, how to run an org and how to, you know, you know, create that win-win scenario where you're both building a brand but also creating a sustainable career for, you know, all the players who are, who are you know, committing our lives to these things. Um, so we really like the, the, that sort of trust that he, he had in us and, the, and that we felt like we could have in him. Um, and then that combined with Luminosity as, like, a brand that we, you know, has some pull in esports – uh, uh and you know, some things I can't announce
2: uh, combined. <laughs> More
0: things you can't uh, announce until yeah, next yeah. week. I, mean, I, I can't I cannot See, I cannot I don't like this Jake guy.
2: Usually I'm the one doing this. Yeah, there's some Overwatch tournaments coming up in Europe. I just can't tell you what it's about. But now he's stealing all my thunder. Unlucky.
3: <laughs> um but uh Overwatch tournaments in Europe, you're lying.
0: Uh, oh. <laughs> um,
3: but uh but uh yeah, so I mean I'm sorry, but, your uh, best teams are it's a funny because I can't I can't exactly talk about everything that made us really want to go to LG. Okay, but uh, sure. to make a long story short, it's it's the right org for us. They give us all the support we need, uh, and we feel like it's the best possible home for us to succeed in.
2: Did Echo awesome. Fox approach
3: well, you guys? Uh, no, actually.
2: Really?
3: A few orgs that I don't want to name because they have teams, and they were going to drop them. So you, What? You
0: mean you, you weren't just going to be I, evil I for know. them, too? <laughs> just...
3: No, no. So, I... ARIs, <laughs> LG was actually one of the few orgs that was interested in signing a second team as opposed to dropping their entire roster for us. Which I was like, I don't really love the idea of being a part of something like that. But
0: wow, okay, that's interesting. Then uh, you're gonna say something.
3: Then so you're gonna
4: of say all, We
1: we were all just dead wrong. Uh, after you got off the show last week, I'm like, Chris, they're going to TSM. Yeah, that's what I 100%. was saying, to you, man. I I really thought you guys were going to TSM, but congrats on uh, getting picked up by Absolutely. LG. Um, I want to know what's next for your team. You do have a coach and a coach slash manager and an analyst uh and you got the new sponsor what's the plan are you moving into a team house do you know the location
3: can you announce that um there is there are team there's like a team house available i think the weird thing though is that a lot of our players like can't actually make the commitment to full-time professional um like me i mean i still have another semester of college left like a semester and a half or something um and uh yeah mom if you're watching this i'm is that really gonna trying not to drop September, out right. um yeah yeah we'll see we'll see honestly uh, don't tell my mom about it that. Like one. like a break. It looks um, like a
0: break from uh, school, at least. Yeah, at least yeah. A we'll, we'll, we'll,
3: we'll see. I, think I I'm already Daddy. graduating early with a double major, but um, we'll see. I think I think I'll be done in time. We'll we'll figure it out. If not, I think the school is willing to work for me, though. They've never had someone in this position, but I think exactly. They're,
0: uh, That's kind of cool. That's kind of cool that the schools. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah,
3: yeah. It's a small private liberal arts college, so they're they're like pretty supportive, and I actually know the president pretty well personally. So he yeah, um, picks it up. Okay, good. Well, but like a lot of our players are in school. Like, Super is 16. He's like a junior in high school. Oh, he's 16? So like, oh, yeah. He's yeah, we're going to have to wow, figure like, out Like, obviously, Super can't move into a team house while he's in high school. If you want to. get college. how young you guys are. It's like crazy. But yeah, like, most of our players are in school um, for at least, like, like we've. Uh, Train's actually a sophomore in college, although he's at a bigger school, so I think it'll be easier for him to just, like, take a high school. Is there,
0: is there an issue with age in Overwatch
2: League? Yeah, you have yeah. to be 18.
0: I oh, think
3: okay. it's, uh, I don't think Blizzard said specifically. I think it's like, they had another thing with another game where LCS they had seventeen. 18. They had they had seventeen in another game, which Super will be before the Overwatch League comes out. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully, it's not an issue. I'd be surprised if it were because there's a lot of like high level professional Overwatch players that are not eighteen. Um,
0: like mm. at least like yeah, you know, it just might be a labor, labor thing. Of. It's it's a little tricky. I'm, I'm yeah, sure yeah. It's it, a
3: it'll be interesting. Yeah, I'd be I'd be surprised if Blizzard didn't find a way to make allowances. It seems like almost every eSport, every like really serious eSport. Um, uh, except probably LCS uh, or, or league in general. It has, you know, uh, uh, sub-18 competitors. And I think it's a good thing for the eSport in general uh, in the sense of it's, like, available to those people because those people who are not 18 are the best players in the game. Like, I don't think there should be the things for betting from
0: playing. Yeah, yeah, sure.
3: Uh, if there's a way for, you know, some male to win $20 <laughs> right. million dollars at a TI, I just don't see how that could be wrong.
0: yeah. I feel like
3: the labor laws might just be outdated and, you know, I'm sure there's a way to make that work.
0: All right. I mean, another bit of news just with Overwatch League that um, I think Slasher actually tweeted was that there were some details or a little bit more or or at least confirmed details that not from Blizzard itself, but from... Let me bring it up. From uh, (laughs) SDJ. Is is that Blizzard's seeking two to five million uh, from team owners to buy into Overwatch League. And there was even one particular spot, LA, which obviously is a, a huge, huge um, gaming. I mean, it's going to be a high, high priority type of uh, spot uh, compared to a lot of the other cities. Um, is, is going for ten to fifteen million, or at least they're asking for that. Uh, two to five million. I think that was probably in range of what I was thinking. At least the lower end of it was was closer to what I was thinking. But the big talk right now is that all right, are they? you know, like most of the endemic esport organizations, this is like too high for most of them or a lot of them. So, um, you know, Blizzard having to reach beyond, you know, just endemic esports folks and trying to get investors that way. And what does that really mean for esports? We've always had this faction that was all, you know, more on the side of man, the people that started it, you know, we want them a big part of the league. And then the other, you know, the other half is just like, well, you know, it's just about, you know, pushing it to the next level, getting, you know, just new money into the the scene and all that good stuff. So what do you guys think about this? Just the buy-in, Dude, just how much the buy-ins are.
1: We could we could do like an entire three hour show topic alone. I have so many things I wanna say about this.
0: Uh save so, it for uh, next week.
1: Try to, I mean we'll try to keep it real short. I, I, I my my initial gut reaction is that does sound high, but you have to remember This is literally one of the biggest games in PC gaming history ever. In terms of raw sales numbers, it is the best-selling competitive PC game of all time. Uh, Doesn't include free-to-play, so it's not including Dota 2 and League of Legends. But you have to keep in mind that this is literally the biggest purchasable competitive PC game on the market right now to this date. And if you, we talked about the interview. If you you haven't seen last week's episode, you might want to go back and listen. But we talked a little bit about the interview Nate Nanzer did. He put a huge emphasis on sharing revenue for in-game, potentially things like in-game purchases, merchandising, broadcast rights directly with the teams. So when you're buying into Overwatch League, you're not just buying in to have a right to play in the league. You're also buying in to buy into the revenue share that's part of this. So... Yes, 2 to 5 million dollars is extremely high especially considering the fact that no Overwatch tournament has actually gotten like crazy insane viewership. Um, the best viewership we've had was the was the World Cup which did really well, it had over 200,000, but since then no tournament has gotten more than like 60, 70, 80,000 concurrent viewers at very most. In fact, a lot of them have been in closer to the 20, 30, 20, 40k yeah. range. What? Uh, no. Other than, other than Come Atlantic on, Showdown. I said after fist bump that one. Fist yeah, I'll is, fist bump yeah, that they're... one. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it sounds really high, and it's a huge risk. It's absolutely a huge risk. And a lot of people are going to be turned off. A lot of insiders are kind of thumbing their nose at this. But at the same time, you're buying into what is potentially the most ambitious, most unique, potentially the best revenue generating esports league ever conceived i mean all of this is ifs buts ands and maybes nothing is even close to confirmed here but at the same time I, I think that this i i know i can i get a sense i know what they're going for here uh and just to really quickly address like oh all the endemic teams are never going to be able to pay for this true but i think what blizzard wants here uh, if you go back to if you go back to BlizzCon, all of the team owners and the NBA owners and the Endemic owners and the sports execs were in the same room at the same time. I think for a reason. I think that they want these these sports owners to actually partner directly with the Endemic esports teams. Mm-hmm. So. I, I i don't buy this like oh the the old they're they're but they're butting out the old guard they're gonna have no way to like get into the league no i think blizzard absolutely wants the endemic esports teams in this league anyway it, that's why this is good for endemic thoughts.
0: esports teams too like everybody thinks that like the endemic esports either getting bought or getting you know or, or partnering or selling like majority share you know things like that is such a bad thing for these endemic owners or esport owners it's like a lot of them that's exactly what they wanted guys you know what i mean so you know having to a lot of them are actually even keeping the brand in, in a lot of cases too so i don't I necessarily think it's a bad thing uh for for that to happen what you're talking about uh fish sticks hopefully that happens though you know i, I can kind of understand if yeah. that was completely pushed out these people come in. they literally have no idea what they're doing you know maybe their, maybe their esports team is literally a very inexperienced team and you know potentially disaster, you know, that's potentially disastrous, to be honest. So um, hopefully they don't do that. They're, they'll do their, their due diligence and partner up with the correct, you know, um, organizations. Uh, but overall, it, it's it's a full commitment, guys. I mean, I, I think we've been, I think they've been very clear about the Overwatch League. It, it's no joke, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's not even half fast at all. We're going full out trying to make a crazy professional league that's going to be you know, it's going to be very similar to a traditional sports, you know, league and having franchises like that. This is along the same lines, so this doesn't this doesn't surprise me at all. I just hope that the revenue that you know, whatever the revenue strategy is, is going to be a a successful one. That's the only thing I'm concerned about.
1: Only other sub note is that when you buy into this league, you buy a franchise spot, and you cannot be relegated. So unlike League of Legends, where investors have spent one two three plus million buying a spot buying a team and then that team immediately gets relegated the next season that won't be the case here so another thing to keep in mind
2: okay uh well you also get to own like a city slot for an indefinite amount of time right like if you're if you're cloud nine you get to brand yourselves like la cloud Nines or whatever you wanted to like you can add that that tag to your kind of organization name at least for overwatch And not to mention, put a lot of investment into like that city as being your main city where you can put gaming houses that can be used by multiple different, you know, games and such. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't really think it's that much money. I just think it's really showing Blizzard wants to have a lot of capital to build up something big with this. That's true. Um, But the amount of people that are going to be willing to pay that with not really, I mean, uh, hopefully like owners are getting more information than the public has because like with the amount of information I've Gotten about the league, I wouldn't invest that kind of money. Like, I would want to be able to have a sit down, you know, with Nate Danzer, the head of esports, and just talk and like have some sort of reassurance that my investment of two to five million dollars, you know, to fifteen million dollars, is going to be worth it. And it's still even a bidding war. It's not like a, all right, I'll pay two million, I have the slot. It's if someone's to pay two million one dollars, then all right, well, I lost the slot.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, when people invest in things, and I don't know how how much people have with VCs. Typically when VC is going to invest in a startup company or whatever, they're looking for, you know, ten to fifty X in return. So, I mean, I think that is really what, you know, Blizzard has to be able to provide for for folks. Because I mean, there's a lot of people with a lot of money. You just have to like convince them that they are going to make money. They're going to make a lot of money off of, you know, investing in this. Otherwise, all you're gonna get are these people that are just super passionate about it. They have money that can kill, you know, loss leader or whatever and you know, that, that's all you're going to have. And, and that's not a good recipe. That's kind of like what esports has always been, <laughs> been built on, or at least in the past. It's, it's been getting better, like, obviously, in the most recent years. But, um, you know, you have to have a solid business, like a revenue model that's going to be able to convince people who've invested and made millions and billions in some cases from, uh, you know, their previous endeavors. And that's, that's hard for me to imagine right this second. I, like, I don't even know what that is. Like, I can't even imagine what the pitch would even look like. Uh, Given, like you said, like Ben, it's like our viewership numbers don't even come close to even paying like a fraction of that. So I'm sure they have something obviously mapped out that's going to be amazing. I just no idea what that is. I don't think any of us have an idea what that is, except for maybe the the owners are privy to some of it.
3: I would say, like, the biggest thing is that, one, you're looking at traditional sports franchises, like, that are looking to buy into this mostly. Like, I mean, of course, there's other, like, VC that could be coming in, but a lot of it is going to be coming from traditional sports franchises looking to expand their brand into esports. That's a good um, point. And not necessarily Mm -hmm. um, viewing esports as, like, a unique investment, but more of, like, an investment in their own brand uh, uh, and their own, you know, the power of that brand. So something like two to five billion dollars is kind of chump change when your NBA team is worth a billion dollars, right? And which isn't actually out of you know the the realm of
4: uh, yeah. possibility. It's, that's
3: like you know that's like the top twelve NBA teams I think are worth more than a billion, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so the, so there is the capital is certainly there, um, and then as far as like ROI goes, I would say the, if you look at you know like like especially the way the the market the modern market is pricing things. I mean Snapchat had a IPO where they just like you know. Quadrupled the value of their company while saying that we have no fucking idea when we're ever going to turn a profit. Um, like, you know, I, they I, do, so but I think, they
0: have value though. I mean,
3: they, yeah, have, they have like this crap load of users. You know, and that yeah, is they, they, that they is they actual have incredible value. user growth, yeah. and they have they have people's attention. I think ultimately what it boils down to is they have attention and they have um, um, you know they have users. But I think you know if you're an investor, you're looking at esports, you're looking at something like video games, which as like a broad just as a, as an industry has had you know ten percent year over year growth for decades like just like mm-hmm. freaky growth and like showing no signs of slowing more kids are playing video games today than ever before in any time in history that number is probably not going to go down ever in our lifetimes I mean in terms of like like this is like the, the trend I mean the the possibility of esports growing to this like a similar level of of, uh, uh, um, of market share that like traditional sports have today I don't even think is out of the question within the next 30-40 years um, so I do think that you know, a lot of these league owners and, and, and people with billions of dollars to blow, you know, they might be looking for 10 to 50 X. But if they have like a 20 year time horizon, I really just don't think that's unreasonable at all. Yeah. Um, it's true. something that's becoming more and more mainstream. And it's something that is, I would say, mostly limited by the platforms. You know, the fact that everyone has to watch these like on Twitch or something. Right. Like, you know, I, I think once there's the kind of market penetration of interest in things like esports, you're going to be able to see things like uh, esports broadcast on major television networks. Uh, and, and actually, you know, justifying it with their viewership and their ratings, uh, and you know, a lot of that stuff is is like you know impossible to guarantee, and there's no way to, to like prove that until it actually you know happens. But I think the demographics of, of people's interest in video games and how it's spreading through demographics, and it's not you know uh, mm-hmm. isolated to like sub 25 white males, is is you know you you're getting in these demographics that advertisers really want demand for, uh, and you're getting in these demographics in an authentic way uh in a way that they feel is like accessible and that they actually feel connected to those brands. And think connections like that, I mean, even though yeah. they're not immediately uh, uh you know monetary, they're incredibly valuable and investors today are really, really aware of the value that, that things yeah. like that have. You know, things yeah. like authenticity are incredibly rare in today's
0: market. Yeah, that's so uh, those are good, definitely good points. Um oh yeah well, we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. Um Okay, well, let's uh, let's kind of move on. Let's try to get to events here. We've actually still got Apex to talk about. So, um,
1: I'm just going to throw in really quickly: breaking yeah. news. Hammers has picked up the Chavs, so your old <laughs> Hammers is not going to be without an Overwatch team.
0: I totally agree Oh, okay. Yeah. okay yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I, I just yeah. wanted to throw that in it's there. Like People were talking about it got in it. chat. They picked got up it. the
3: it. primarily European squad. Actually, a bunch
1: of Brits on it. The Chavs. The Chavs. Yeah.
0: The chavs. Yeah. The chavs. <laughs> okay. My shout out to
3: Fisher, best Genji EU.
0: All right, cool. I want to give a quick shout-out to just all the folks listening on iTunes. Uh, the Overview is not only available on Twitch, it's also available on iTunes as well as Google Podcasts and SoundCloud. And we actually got a good number of, of people that download and listen to it every week. So um, folks that leave us five-star reviews really, really helps when people are looking for Overwatch podcasts uh, on those channels. So big shout-out to Slow Salt the Apples, uh, A Bagel, <laughs> And Dolphin Laugh for leaving some five-star reviews for us on uh, iTunes. Really, really appreciate that. And if you want to help the show, go and leave us some good reviews. That would be amazing. Uh, Let's get into some events. Uh, I guess real quick, just with Carbon, since we have Jake. I mean, you guys are just crushing Carbon. And last night, you beat Immortals again, which, you know, going into Carbon, I would have said Immortals... Uh, you guys and maybe even Renegades were really the top teams you know, in, in um, this, this league or would be the top teams in this league. But you guys are making it very, very clear that you guys are easily the top team right now in Carbon. And uh, I don't know, just briefly, like, what, what are you thinking right now in terms of the league and chances of winning?
3: Um, I mean, 5-0, I'd say it speaks for itself. Looking to go 6-0 tonight. Um, our match is at 8-15 EST. if you want to tune in. Um, but uh, against Complexity. Uh, so we're looking to, I mean, close out the playoff or close out the group stages flawlessly, because um, I think that really just sends a message in playoffs and, and gives you you know a psychological advantage going into that. I would say as far as teams go, having teams like Rogue and Selfless not be in the Carbon Series, I mean, if we don't win it all, I'd be a little disappointed, frankly, um, because I really think that those two teams are the two teams I actually am worried about in North America. Um, I think Immortal. It seems like Immortals uh, teams like uh, LG Boyle um renegades there's teams with a lot they have deep talent pools um really really strong players you know filling those rosters uh, weirdly enough they're not able to convert in the way that i see other teams do um i don't exactly know why like it's hard to, to explain things like that i didn't expect to go 3-0 against the mortals um i mean i expected to win i guess i go in every match expecting to win but i i think i think part of it is that our team has really you know accelerated over time like every with every win and with every loss, honestly, we kind of get more confident. We feel like we have more knowledge about the game, uh, and we work together better. Uh, and then I see other teams having a tough time, and that's leading to a downward spiral. It's leading to you know they take a loss, and then the next game, then you know they don't feel yeah. so good about it. You know players are going for big solo plays. You know the team falls apart, and, and they're losing fights. They're using too many ults to win fights. And uh, so I think from I think it's a classic NA issue. Is like you know like these these teams are really momentum based. And while that can be good when you're when you have momentum, when when the wind is out of your sails, you know you need to be able to reset and like hit it twice as hard next right. game. And I think that's something that's really rare in NA, which is something that's allowed us to rise to the top.
0: Okay, well, yeah, definitely check that out that's tonight, right? Tonight, uh, what time? Like ten or so? Or? Uh, I
3: believe it's eight fifteen. I think we have the earliest. Oh, eight fifteen. Okay, you're the first yeah, match tonight. Came. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: So I think they're the first match tonight. Yeah, definitely check that out, guys, on uh, the Carbon Twitch channel. Uh, but why don't we talk a, a lot about Apex? Given that Apex has, um, we've had what four matches I think since the last time we had a show, and it was Envy's group with uh, Lunatic High, kongdun Uncia, and Runaway, and lots has happened, guys. I, uh, Jason, have you? Did you check out? Get a chance to check out uh, Apex or all the VODs and everything since you've been back?
2: Thailand. Like? Yeah, no, yes, I've been I was sick, just there. actually oh, bed, you've been sick? Like okay. the last three, four days. No problem. I was just gonna but... see, see what you thought wait can we do spoilers people have had time to watch right yes
0: That's, we can at least do last week spoilers for sure we can definitely man. do spoilers okay let's do spoilers It's fine and he's
2: out of the tournament if you, if you,
0: just, if you, just 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 uh, stop, stop listening if you stop listening if you're too don't late want spoilers stop listening if you don't want to hear, hear spoilers about apex okay let's talk about envy go ahead jason i'll let and you turn. he's out of the tournament yes uh the
2: last american bastion has fallen in Korea and uh now korea runs the world for overwatch just <laughs> game. Yeah. so uh yeah uh what well, envy di- uh, lost to Lutic high three or zero three which i thought was really unexpected i thought they put up a little bit of a better fight in that one um and they lost to Kungdu do which was did they lose to Kungdu? yeah
0: Unseon? which was yes. even bigger surprise to my I
2: mean. yeah it was three two
1: it was a very close score line uh this is something we talked three, about last week though this envy squad doesn't really seem like they're suited for the current meta that's so dependent yep. on dive compositions particularly focused around genjis and tracers there isn't a genji and tracer main uh, or mm-hmm. somebody that really excels in those roles on this envious squad they they performed so well when time was playing a lot of roadhog when they're doing triple tank even with Timu on widowmaker and mccree and 76 you know or, and harry hook on 76 sometimes uh you know they they really excelled. however, with the current the current meta, just not their friend. And yeah, it's and really they're, sad. They're, tr- I mean,
0: they're trying to like figure something out. And a lot of times it ends up being this triple tank uh, composition and puts a ton of ton of uh, pressure on Taimu to perform, just to really make huge plays too. So and whoever's playing DPS, you know, whether Taimu's playing Roadhog or he's playing Widow and they're they're forced into that kind of strategy, which is something we haven't really seen for them i think the last two metas they've had perfect they have a roster that's perfect for the last two metas so we really haven't seen that hole happen until now um the
2: thing about envy is and even when they were back and named iddqd they always played the super standard game really well they were unmatched and unparalleled when it came to playing super standard in in like the current metas at the time they have not needed to ever flex to different heroes yeah. to, to pull out a Genji, to pull out a little bit more of an in-depth hero pool or have a couple of different players flex to heroes maybe not necessarily as comfortable with. And eventually, it was bound to come back and bite them in the ass, I feel like. like if you can't show that you can adapt and flex and play some different heroes, then you know, eventually you're going to get into a meta that you're not good at and you're not going to be the top team anymore.
0: Yeah, I mean, Jake, what do you, did you get a chance to check... Um... Catch the apex spots at all or no?
3: Um, I, I watched a couple of them, not all of them. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I just watching Envy. I, I don't know. I I worry that they their hero pool is is not as deep as other teams, especially the Korean teams who aren't ever scared to like you know you know. I think they they play a lot of the same consistent heroes, but but they are like always ready to learn new things. You know, always ready to, to bring out like a new style. Um, and they tend to sort of stick with the style that they have, and they don't really change it throughout a throughout a, a given series. But like between series, you know, they're ready to innovate. And like mm-hmm. if you pull out a strat on them, like you pull out that Widowmaker on them, you know, it might work because they don't really know how to deal with it in that in first fight. But but next fight, you know, or next series when they've talked about it and they figured it out, like they're not going to be they're not going to be caught unawares. You know, like they're they're ready to adapt, uh, uh, especially series to series. They're ready to to like learn and grow. And then you know, I see Envious as a team that. I mean, one-dimensional is probably the wrong way to describe them because I do think they have a lot of really, really talented players. But I do think their hero pools are kind of stacked on, like, you know, the hitscan side of things. Yeah. Like, Taimou has a nice Roadhog, and there's you know, there's definitely exceptions to it. But I just feel like that team doesn't have a great Genji player. And I think Genji's really, really strong this patch. And I think you really want a great Genji player or a great fair player. And not that their players can't play those characters, but it shows that they're not incredibly comfortable on them, right? Like, it's, it's awesome to have players who are really, really comfortable on every single hero in the game Uh, and not, not just that one individual needs to be, but that, you know, spread across your roster. There's, you know, the ability to comfortably flex to every character or any roster that you, you know, want to be running uh, uh, from a strategic perspective. So, you know, while envy is really good at just fearlessly running triple tank McCree and just like, you know, Harry hook hits all the shots and they win, you know, when that becomes a little weaker and, you know, he can't quite perform that highest level possible, then, you know, actually executing those strategies becomes really difficult. Um, And then, you know, especially the Koreans, you can't just play one thing into them over and over again and expect to keep winning because they will adapt and they will figure out your strategy. And if you're not ready to continuously adapt alongside them and continuously change your strategy, then eventually they're just going to overtake you and outsmart you.
0: So uh, yeah, that begs the question. You know, and we we brought it up a little bit when Tailspin left, uh, but you know, looking at it now, Tailspin actually did does have a lot of those abilities that they're missing right now. It's not going to be Tailspin coming back, given mean, you know the, how they left off or whatnot. But it does beg the question of if they, you know, they do they need to make a roster change. If they do, then where does it happen?
2: Or does yeah. Mickey switch and play different heroes? Because I've seen Mickey's see Genji; it's not edge. bad.
0: Yeah, but not bad is not, like, is not as good as Hogsball and, 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 and who are you and Genji, guys. Yeah. I
1: mean, then who's who's playing Winston or, or are they doing triple DPS? Like, do you have Taimu go back to Hog? Or, like, I don't know.
2: Uh, and this also goes back to something that we talked about with Lunitakai picking up uh, Zumba. And... Yeah, it's the
0: extra people, the extra bench players, right?
2: Wow. Who, well, I cannot remember who the other person they picked up was for Lunitakai. Zumba, and... Who are you? Who are yeah. you, yeah. Because yeah. um, we talked about having, like, specialists on a, on a roster and flexing them in whenever they're really strong in the current meta. I mean, I, Jake would probably be the best person to ask about this out of all of us. How many heroes do you think is viable to expect a person on your team to master completely, like, to the level of, you know, Tymoos time a McCree, or Vix Farah, or Zgenji? Well, oh, like, if they play uh, Lucio, just one. Got to get that Torb flex though.
0: <laughs> torb exactly
2: right. You like, what's a torb, viable man. number of heroes you expect a teammate to be able to fully master, like to play so, against I mean, the top players in the world? You got, you got world. six
3: players. There's, there's, you know, 24 heroes in the game. Uh, you know, each player should be able to play four heroes. Would be like the easy answer to that question. Um, but I also think overlap is valuable in some sense. Like, for example, example, my team, you know, we have, uh, you know, Train, Vol, and I are all really comfortable on Diva um fall is really really comfortable on winston uh as is super but super can also play tracer like it's not only that that there's there's flexibility we have every single player on our team can play roadhog like actually all six of us can play roadhog um at like a, at a high enough level to be totally comfortable we, we were we had some strategies where we were flexing our avast off of lucio and onto roadhog actually um but like i honestly just think it's like a it depends on the meta game. Um, I think if Blizzard balances things the way I hope they do, then that number, that, like, expected, uh, uh, like, expected, you know... Uh, hero competency. Hero capacity, or, yeah, expected hero competency number is going to keep going up, and I hope it keeps going up. I hope it's 25 someday, right? Where, like, every player needs to be able to just flex everything. All right, there's probably still going to be, like, two supports, and is probably going to be busted for the rest of Overwatch, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think the character makes the game better, but is, you know, really fucking good, and you just always want one, um, virtually always, at least. I think... It's really just a question of like, it really just affects your team's uh, ability level though. Like in patches where you can't just run one comp into everything, the smaller that number, the weaker your team Uh, or the smaller that average number is, especially on like, you know, your two, like you usually have like one main tank player and two support players. And aside from that, in this meta, the other three players need to be able to flex to lots of different things you know, like, like need to be able to be ready to run triple DPS, but also triple tank and one DPS also quad tank sometimes, you know, also with, with a different tank and then the other three DPS, you know? So really it's, I think it's a, I don't think there's like an expectation, I guess you could say I, rather than I, I think it's just like, there's no, there's no limit. There's no limit at which that stops mattering because when you're, you know, when I can play McCree and also soldier, but you know, Genji and Farrah and May, but also Roadhog and Diva and Winston and Zarya like when you have like, you know, your numbers like 10 or 15 that you feel really comfortable playing at the highest level, Gosh. then that's when <laughs> you're not like, that's when you're no longer uh, um, bound by your competency. Because if, if your competency is a bind, if you're like, look, I, I don't feel like I can play that hero, even though it's the strategically, like, even though, you know, from a strategic perspective, you're like, look, this is clearly the best hero to pick. You're just like, look, I don't feel comfortable. I, we can't do it. Okay. Yeah. And then your team's not okay. playing perfectly. Like you're not playing optimally.
0: Yeah. No, I agree with that. I think that's the the future of Overwatch too. Is just being able to I think switch comp, uh, um, compositions during an actual game or a series. So uh, I think it's good. I think having bench players will be good for maybe when you have I don't know Koth strategies versus you know payload strategies, or in and they're significantly different. But overall, yeah, I think uh, versatility is just the future right now, and then you're seeing it and like. It's more and more they're they're becoming more versatile.
2: So then, are you uh, saying, just, Jake, that misfits like should hands down be the best Western team yeah. in time? Yeah. In <laughs> I time,
0: keep thinking that.
2: It, like I, yeah, I think we, it's we, a we all talked misfits
0: online It's like oh,
3: I mean, it's just one factor, everywhere. right? Like, there's things like things like team coordination that like doesn't matter if every hero and your if every player on your team can play everything if they don't play the things coordinated. You know, it's not just a matter of like their individual ability to like get to the top of the ranked ladder on those heroes. Um, right. I think that's, that's like one piece of the puzzle is like, you're just mechanical building those heroes. But then there's the whole X factor of like, can you play Genji in a way that complements your team? Even when you're running a different player on Winston than you were last game, because you want to accommodate the right. diva and the tracer, we you know, whatever. Like, I, I think the, the challenge is, can you maintain that? Like, like another way to rephrase that competency number? Because I think it's sort of an oversimplification of like, I can play X, Y, Z heroes, uh, can you play XYZ heroes in a way that your team is like playing around you? Like, do you know how to fill the role that your team needs you to fill? Uh, and, and even as that role changes, right? Like you might still be playing Genji, but like, because your teammates went to triple tank, as opposed to like, you know, double tank with uh with a tracer, then you need to be fulfilling a different role and playing differently. And okay. yeah. having that flexibility to like radically change your own play style, uh, uh, just because of the small things coming up and changing is what really I think defines the competency number like I wouldn't say someone was competent at playing all the heroes if they didn't fulfill the role that their team needs of them like you could be amazing at Tracer and just be like mechanically sick at Tracer I guess Tracer is a bad example because if you're yeah, mechanically yeah. sick at Tracer you kind of don't no, care about you. your team and you just go win the game yeah, but, like you're like problem. Winston or something you could be comfortable on Winston and not being in the right spot all the time to, to make space for your team and, and to enable them so the question is can, not only can you play those heroes at a mechanically competent level um, at the highest level but can you also work with your teammates, playing their own different roles, even if those roles are changing? Sure. So the flexibility is is also a, a flexibility of your coordination ability. It's not just your uh, mechanical flexibility.
0: Okay. Well, um, kind of running out of time here. So why don't we just like fly through the I guess the other half? Uh, but I mean, really, bit, Runaway is like I think the biggest surprise of the tournament. To be to be honest, I mean, MV not doing well is is one thing, but Runaway was supposed to be one of the worst teams going into the playoffs, and now they're you know, they pulled an upset over KDU and the Lunatic High. Uh, Playing amazing. Uh, you know, I, I don't think we have time to really, really go into it. So maybe we'll save it for next week. But um, they're my favorite team right now in Apex. I'll just tell you right now, just watching the last week or a week and a half of Apex, I've had a lot of fun watching them. So really, really cool to see. Um,
2: you mean like out of game where they're breaking their. The area
0: exactly, dude. Man <laughs> Exactly. Freaking uh it was runner. No, it was who was it? Was it Runner? I think it was Runner, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Runner's my favorite post game player now. He freaking freaks out and tackles his uh teammates and everything afterwards too. As well as breaking lights. <laughs> Uh, but why don't we wrap up? It's been a fantastic show. It's, we filled it up. Man, we filled it up way beyond. Jason stayed awake too, so I think we like totally mission accomplished. Uh, there were some <laughs>
2: moments there where I had my eyes open, but I was actually
0: asleep. Oh, wow. Thanks. Great, great. Mostly when you were talking. <laughs> oh, shut hey. up. Hey. Uh, Jake, you want to do some shout-outs where you go?
3: A uh, huge shout-out to LG. Um, shout-out to all my teammates. Uh, wouldn't have made it anywhere without you guys. i uh, looking forward to many great things coming out of us and uh, alongside LG Evil going forward in overwatch shout out to my mom i think she might be watching hi
0: mom all right cool jason shout outs.
2: sorry um <laughs> yeah no uh yeah mine's the same ones every week parents for let me do what i do yourself for an opportunity mitch for being my partner in crime Chairman for doing the show fish for being cutie and jake for joining <laughs> us awesome ben uh shout outs to LG
1: for their new pickup. It's a great pickup. Mm-hmm. Uh welcome LG Evil uh to the scene. I'm sure we're gonna be seeing a lot more from you guys. Uh there were dude, such a packed show. There's actually even a couple things that we didn't even get a chance to we'll get to, mention. to it next week. <laughs> uh, Bishops confirmed as C9 head coach, a couple other things happened this week, but we'll save that for another time. Uh yeah, I'm gonna not be around next week because uh, out at South by Southwest. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, once again, thanks to Jake for coming on the show and uh, speaking more intelligently and eloquently than uh, us, us people who are like paid to speak about it. So <laughs> nicely
0: done, Jake. Nicely done. <laughs> For and he's only what, what, what are you, how old are you 18 19 um, 20. 20 20 yeah and he's such a young one too so. making us look bad man <laughs> yeah. all right well, well I'll, I'll, wrap be, I'll be
3: coming for those casting jobs
0: oh, <laughs> oh shoot I'm scared
1: oh, yeah, I'm, I'm legitimately scared <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> <laughs> No, I want to thank the three of you guys for doing it uh, obviously that has been a fantastic show All everybody's been watching too you guys are great uh, Vods will be up on youtube.com slash v later tonight as well as the feed the iTunes feed is a little bit later as always but the you know, if you actually have an app that has directly to our, our uh, audio feeds, you'll, you can get it there. SoundCloud, too, guys. Like, I know a lot of people listen to SoundCloud, you can find us there as well. Um, but that's it. Oh, follow the, uh, the show Twitter at uh, the TheOverviewGG because I'm trying to use it a bit more. I've been, I'm really bad about using that account for whatever reason. But uh, yeah, check that out for just more show-specific news instead of just everything else I'm, I'm doing. But that's going to be it for the overview for this week. So for Jake, Jason Kaplan, Fishsticks, and myself, V, we'll see you next time.